yeah, I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will Good evening and welcome into Lombardi's Legends live on a Sunday evening. I am co-host Andrew Wagner or Wags and joining me as always is my co-host Dane Verisi. Dane, how are you doing tonight as we get ready to preview another position group for the 2022 NFL Draft? Feeling good, Wags? Feeling good. I'm ready for the draft. We're, what, about 18, 17 days or so uh, from the NFL draft. So we're we're plowing through some of these important position groups. And today we're going to be talking about the edge position. Um, really important position for, for the Packers team. And one of those position groups, and I'm curious your take, but they've got a lot of guys on the roster, but really it's a top-heavy position group right now. Preston Smith, the Packers are able to bring back, um, and, and of course, Rashawn Gary's emergence. Um, but curious, right off the bat, Wags, do you think this is a day one or a day two pick? Uh, do you think that this is a priority? I'm, I'm, I'm curious where, where your head's at here. Yeah, uh, well, it's going to be interesting. With, with four picks in the first two rounds, and obviously then five in the first three, uh, we started with the defensive line group last week, and that's a position group where I wouldn't be surprised either way uh, if they take someone with one of those first five picks. But we both felt it was important to preview that position group just because we've got a couple of guys coming to the end of their contracts or in the case of uh, Jaron Reed just signed a one-year deal. So it seems like the Packers might be restocking with talent there if they can get someone. And with the extra picks in this year's draft, certainly seems like a position that it could make sense for them to do that. With Edge, while they don't necessarily need a starter, I think they – I'd be – this is a group I class would classify as surprised if they don't take someone with one of even their top four picks. Um, maybe they wait until third round. But, Dane, wouldn't – doesn't this feel like a position where you, you really would like to get someone um, at a premium position at, that's probably going to have an opportunity to come in right away and contribute – uh, particularly in pass downs or to uh, at, at the very least spell both uh, uh, Preston Smith and uh, Rashawn Gary. Those two guys can't play every snap. Uh, so we've got a couple of other guys on the roster uh, to fill out the position group. But um, with the departure of Zadarius Smith, I, I definitely think the time is now to bring in another guy that maybe projects to be a little bit more high impact and perhaps even if we're lucky, ready to go right away next year. Yeah. And, you know, not only is Darius Smith no longer uh, with the club, but um, I was actually pretty disappointed that Whitney, Whitney Merciless retired. I was hopeful he could come back and kind of provide some of the early down work, really liked what he was able to do for the Packers in the limited time that he was in Green Bay. So he, him not being there any longer as well, I think it's going to be a competitive group in camp, no matter what happens with the draft. Realistically, the Packers probably carry, I would say, Wags five uh, edge position group guys on the active roster, probably going to stash another two or three 
on the practice squad as well. But, um, you know, with a position group that already has a number of other guys, you know, already on the team. I mean, I look at Jonathan Garvin, look at Tipa Nalei, of course, Ladarius uh, Hamilton. Um, you know, there, there's, a, you know, Ray Wilbur more inside, but I think has the ability to maybe be a bit of an edge guy as well. So they have a lot of guys that have been on the roster, have done some of this stuff. Um, but the question becomes, are they going to find that next guy that, uh, dare I say, is like a premier talent to be the number three rusher and potentially long-term wags project out and maybe take Preston Smith's position over the next few years. Preston Smith's turning 30 years old. This is a team that's always looking in the current, but also ahead. And no matter what, you can never have enough pa- enough pass rushers. So I think this is a, a actually a pretty critical position. I would be pretty shocked, John the ground shocked, if they don't take a rusher in the first two days. It's just gut feeling is they're doubling down on defense right now. And this is a, a just a quality group. And I think this is a pretty deep group in the draft too. Yeah, and then the good thing is, is they're not necessarily picking out of desperate need, right? They've got their top guys, but to your point, it puts them in a position to bring someone along that isn't necessarily expected to come in and play starters snaps right away. Hopefully, both Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary can stay healthy, uh, but uh, they can essentially mentor that young man to come in. But nonetheless... Uh, would be nice to get someone that can come in and play right away and make an impact. Um, some of the other guys you mentioned have an opportunity, certainly, to make this roster and compete for uh, snaps. And if they can make a leap, great. Uh, we'll talk more about them, I think, as the offseason um, continues. But this is all about the draft. So let's dive into it. And, Dane, unlike the defensive line group from last week, uh, something that's a little bit different is how deep this edge position is particularly at the top of the draft. And so there's going to be a few guys that more than likely now things can change. Trades can happen. Guys can, you know, slip down in the draft or potentially um, all of a sudden someone's falling into the Packers lap at 22. Uh, But um, I think it makes sense to acknowledge, and we're going off of the consensus draft rankings here, taking, over 150 different um, uh, draft big boards and taking the consensus picks. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, um, Kayvon Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker, all projected to be top 10, if not top seven, eight picks in this draft. Um, Jermaine Johnson is another guy that's in that 10 to 15 range, depending on where you look. Um, So, Although, you know, maybe one of those guys with Packers are really lucky if they if they like one of those guys and they fall to them all the way down to 22, um, they could be there. I think for the sake of of being realistic about where the Packers are drafting, we're going to start um, a little bit lower into the mid to um, lower middle of the first round where the Packers are picking because um, there's a lot of guys in this position group that are even going to be projected to go in the mid to late first round, second round and early third round. Um, So uh, depending on who the Packers like um, and where they've got them slotted in, uh, there's a number of guys we may not even get to tonight that could be uh, potentially there for them that they like and and with the the first or second of their second round picks as well. So um, Dane, we're going to start with uh, George Karloftis. Um, He's out of Purdue. And um, this is a guy that, uh, projects a little bit more as a 4-3 uh, defensive end than he does as a 3-4 edge guy, but he's listed as an edge. Um, tall, 
a six four got a lean frame um you know and he's very powerful uh, so uh, what i like about him is he's got the ability to really uh, enforce um against the one-on-one um pretty strong against the run um he's got long arms uh, so he can uh, set the edge pretty well um showed some maneuverability and, and had a um i think a, a really productive season for purdue um he's one of these guys dane that isn't super uber athletic uber athletic um so is he someone that you'd feel has a ton of upside um for a first round pick i I don't know i think it depends on who you talk to um i i would say if he was coming out of ohio state instead of out of purdue then maybe he's got that pedigree a little bit and that might not be fair because (laughs) you could say that about a lot of these guys but that's just the reality when you've got the bozas and that pedigree in recent history coming out of uh, somewhere like ohio state versus a purdue then maybe you just kind of get looked at a little bit differently. Um, and, and so he's someone that I really like, but I don't know how much of a fit he is for the Packers. Definitely could put on a lot of weight based on his frame. Broad shoulders, tall, um, very lean right now, but has good power in his base. Um, so um, he he could be someone that could slide inside on pass mm-hmm. downs and pay, play more of a defensive end in the 3-4 um, while maybe giving you some of that uh, plus ability on the outside, particularly on rundowns um, with his size and his length. So uh, I wouldn't say he's definitely not a three, four guy, but just based on kind of what he's been um, maybe projected a little bit more for a four, three. And so I, I'm not sure if the Packers see him as someone that will be a good fit for them. Um, if you're, talking about someone that you're taking in round three or four and he's a little bit of that tweener and you think, well, maybe if it doesn't work out at edge, you can move him into D line. Um, but if you're a first round guy and you want to be on the outside, I don't know how excited he would be about that. So it makes me a little nervous potentially to use a first round pick on someone that might be kind of in between uh, positions uh, as he projects out to the NFL for a three, four defense. Um, but that said, there's a lot to like here with George Kalaftis. And so um, if he's there, I think with second of the Packers first round pick, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they take a good hard look at him. Yeah. Wags, Corey Stone, for those uh, watching or listening live on our live stream says Greek freak 2.0. Uh, we take that production for the Packers, you know, maybe get us over the top with a, with a ring. I like that. Um, so, you know, you're talking about him and I believe he's 21 years old and, um, you know, something that's going to be a theme, I think with, with, when we start talking about these draft selections, um, here's the thing. Goody has drafted Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Jordan Love, and Eric Stokes in the first round. Everybody but Stokes was 21 years old when they drafted him. Um, this team, uh, under the, the current front office wags, I think has, a um an eye on two things or a lot of things but one of them's age they like to take guys when they're young and they're still ascending and they like guys that are just freaks athletically um so uh, does he fit this i don't know but i think that he could be a very real option based on his draft position uh and and just the the role he plays um another guy i wanted to bring up wags right away here and, you know, he's been dealing with a little bit of an, uh, you know, the injury issue is David uh, 
uh, and and forgive me, I might um, I might mispronounce his name. Um, Ojebo, right from from Michigan. He he's the uh, the young man who um, unfortunately had a a pretty serious injury, an Achilles injury, um, dur during one of his workouts here in March, and that's causing him to drop down the draft boards a little bit here. Um, Wags, it's incredible how how uh, far we've come with injuries, especially the Achilles injury. I remember that was a year plus injury. Uh, Cam Akers last year proved you could get back on the field in about six months, which is absolutely remarkable. And they're talking about um, uh, Ojebo potentially being back, you know, mid-season. Uh, that being said, you know, there's some concern there, right? There's some concern anytime you're drafting a guy with a premium pick that that has an injury history. But at the same time, he was being projected potentially as a top 10 guy, right? Top 15 guy. Now, if the Packers are able to get him maybe 22, but heck, even at 28, uh, he could be one of those guys that's really fascinating. As you mentioned at the top of our podcast, this is a position group. This edge position group is one where, um, you know, they, they don't have an immediate need, but they do kind of have an immediate need. You need those pass rushers. But if you could have a young guy coming in partway through the season who, you know, is freakish in nature, he's he's got this this upside, I think, is a pass rusher. Wags, uh, he's only played football for five years. That sounds like a Packer kind of guy. The Packers love to take these kind of guys that are just really good athletes that have uh, maybe taken on the sport late because I feel like they find kind of a, dare I say, a diamond in the rough kind of guy here. He's incredibly quick off the snap. And that's something that you can't really teach. Some guys just have that natural ability to anticipate and get off the line of, scrim uh, of scrimmage. And then he's just kind of filthy. You watch tape playing at Michigan. Um, he doesn't get blocked for very long. And that's high praise anytime you're talking about a pass rusher. And Wags, I don't know how much it matters that Rashawn Gary comes from Michigan, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't hurt with his development. So maybe somebody like a, um, some somebody like uh, uh, Ojebo is, is somebody that just really catches a Packers' eyes, particularly with that second first-round pick. Yeah, it seems like the second of those first round picks might be a, a really sneaky spot, depending on where these they've got these guys slotted in. I think that would make a lot of Packer fans happy if they go wide receiver at 22, edge at 28, and then just kind of just go from there. So, um, but, you know, we'll see how things shake out because there's a lot of other um you know, positions that they can supplement or fill in. And so there's other, other talent in the draft. Uh, but yeah, Ojebo, um, <laughs> you know, you always like taking someone with that high upside. And, um, you know, as you said, they've had a lot of success uh, going Michigan here in recent history with Rashawn Gary. So I would not argue with that pick at all. Um, and I was curious about that. Well, you know, with the injury, how big of a red flag is that to you? Because, you know, some teams, he might not even be on their board, right? They might pull him off. But for me, if it's not a season ender, um, to you know, and, and every team's going to probably deem that differently, I would actually be pretty eager to bring him in. I think that his upside is through the roof. 
Yeah, I mean, he projected, as you said, as a potential top 10 pick before that injury. I think it has to be of some concern, no doubt. But if the Packers are picking at the end of the first round with the number of selections that they have, would it shock you, Dane, if they take two edge guys? Maybe if they like a couple of guys, Ojebo, if he's their guy with the second of their first round picks, and then they take another guy in the third round potentially at edge, just double up at the position group. And um, now you kind of covered yourself a little bit. Uh, I'm not, you know, that, that wouldn't shock me to be honest with you. So um, I, I think they also, as we said, don't necessarily need someone to come in. They're not desperate for a starter at this position group. Um, obviously you'd like someone that's going to be ready to play right away. That's always the ideal, but they have the ability to be somewhat patient, bring someone along. Um, it, is it great when someone's coming off a major injury like that? No. Um, I will acknowledge that it's a, a little bit something that you're going to have to take a look at. Um, medical history is always going to be a concern, especially since those are the types of injuries that can quite honestly debilitate someone from a career standpoint. Um, not saying it's always a career ender, especially for someone of his age. But um, it's certainly something you have to take a close look at. So, um, Dane, I, I think um, I've got another guy that's slotted in here as a potential um, a high um, second round or low first round pick. And um, he he's uh, out of Minnesota um, and uh, Boya Mape. And he... He's someone that, um, honestly, it's kind of interesting to see how he has shot up the uh, draft rankings since the combine. We had a four-five-three forty at the combine. So uh, we talked about D line and and how important is it that they run a, a forty-yard dash at a high speed last week um, at the edge, maybe a little bit more than a D lineman, but I'm still not sure that it's super important because they're not covering wide receivers. Uh, but Dane, I, I will say that um, this is a guy probably projects pretty well into a three, four as a edge guy um, above average athleticism, not just in a speed. He can uh, get off of the ball. Um, he got that fast twitch, um, just very, um, strong at uh, getting around the edge, good body control. Um, so I, I really like what uh, he does. I mean, he pops off tape. Um, a, a couple of downsides for him. Uh, you mentioned age uh, with o- Ojabe. Um, Mafe is 23 years old. So he's been uh, in Minnesota for five years now. And he took a red shirt. Um, wasn't super productive until this last season, which, you know, guys come on, but you know, with his age, um, you have to question how much upward potential he has, especially making that jump to the NFL level. They can't afford to wait until he's 26 years old uh, to start producing. So that's something that's maybe a slight concern for me. Um, he, I'm not sure, uh, this is a guy to be honest with you with his, he's not super physical, um, so that's a little bit of a, a red flag for me as well is, is does he have that motor? Does he really love football? Um, it doesn't necessarily come across on tape. And I know that's not always fair, but uh, we're in the business here of splitting hairs. And so it just kind of is what it is. Some of the things you notice, um, frankly, um, he's someone that I would probably be fine with if they use a third round pick or if he slides and they're able to get him in the fourth round i am I'm, I'm not seeing it as a um a high second round pick quite honestly um i i could be off but 
Um, you know, he, he's someone that certainly can get after the passer, uh, passer as a rusher, um, not the best against the run. Uh, so I, I don't know. He's, he's not the type of guy that I think the Packers need right now. Um, he, he reminds me a little bit, and I know this is probably going to be kind of <laughs> uh, persona non grata, Kabir Baha Biamila, mm-hmm. uh, his off-field issues notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. But as a player, that's who uh, Boye Mafe reminds me of. So you know what? As a pass rusher, if he could even get close to that level, I think we forget how good KGB was, um, was really bad against the run. Yeah. But um, maybe more of a situational type guy. Uh, but that's why I'm not sure I would be super comfortable uh, taking him with our second first round pick or even one of our second round picks. Um, he's a little bit more of a flyer for me. Oh, that's interesting. And I, 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 that's really good insight, you know, because that's the thing is this is a premium position in the NFL these days. If you can hit the quarterback, you're going to get paid. Uh, you know, that there's no doubt about that. Um, Wags, let's stay in the big 10 here. Um, another guy that I was taking a look at Arnold Ebukati. Uh, he, he's a guy who played for Penn State over there in uh, 2021. Really like his production. He had 18 tackles for a loss and nearly 10 sacks, 62 total tackles. That's monster production for a guy kind of coming off the edge there. Really, really like his length as well. He's a guy who just, you know, he's got that kind of body type and that build that I really like. Uh, he's not the long, the tallest guy, right? He's about six, six one, six two, six three. He'd probably say six three. I think he's probably six two. Um, but you know, and you know, not not the biggest guy, about two fifty. Um, however, um, you know, a guy who comes off the edge, and you know, I, I think that he he's very active uh, in in collapsing the pocket, but. Uh, a couple of things that I think are red flags for me with him and I, why I don't necessarily think he's going to be a Green Bay Packer. Um, I couldn't find an age for him. Um, so, you know, he, he's kind of swings between 21 and 23 is what I've been seeing online. I'm not saying that's his fault. I'm just saying, you know, I haven't been able to find it on Penn State's website or other places. And athletically, my concern, and I watched actually quite a bit of him today. Uh, I was watching some YouTube and other places. I found some video. He just looked a little stiff, um, you know, and, and from an athletic standpoint, like to have a guy who, you know, maybe just looks a little bit more fluid off the off the line of scrimmage. Something Rashawn Gary, he's a big man, but when you watch him move, he he's fluid, right? His hips He's able to just kind of like swivel and swing around. It's very effortless. Um, when I was watching Ebukati, it just looked like he was, you know, he's talented, but he didn't look like he had kind of that natural flow that sometimes I like to be looking for from a Green Bay Packer pass rusher. Uh, additionally, as you just mentioned prior, a um, little bit of trouble in holding up against the run game, I think, consistently. Now, I think that that's something that could change. Um, but this is kind of the balance when you start talking about pass rushers. Do they add weight and maybe lose a little bit of a step on the pass rush? Or, you know, some guys are just naturally good at both. That's few and far between. I actually think Preston Smith is a shining example of a guy who can kind of just do a little bit of everything. Um, but, you know, when you look at somebody like an Educati, I, you know, he, he's, he's new to football too, relatively new to football. So I, I actually use that as more of a plus. He's still learning his body. 
uh, in the game. I, I don't think he started playing football until he was a sophomore in high school. So it's been, a, you know, a little bit of time, but not that much time. Um, he's a good football player. He's going to bring, he's going to bring it for, for some team. I just don't think he fits what the Green Bay Packers are necessarily looking for in their defensive scheme. So um, while he could be a guy that goes in the second round, maybe even late first round, I just don't see him in necessarily being a Green Bay Packer pass rusher. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about the Packers draft every year of my life, I think. Um, but he just doesn't seem to fit the mold based on what we've seen them do uh, the last four years as Goody as GM. Yeah, for sure. And it's, what's interesting, Dane, about some of these guys um, looking at consensus rankings, there is not much consensus for a lot of these guys in the edge position group. I mean, it's all over the board, isn't it? I think uh, both of the guys that um, I reviewed were as high as like mid first round to as low as like third round pick, um, some even a little bit lower. Uh, but most of them are kind of in the range that we're looking at. That's why we would like to look at the consensus ranking, mm -hmm. by the way. Um, it gives us a feel for um, what's likely to happen. Now, the thing is about a 3-4 defense is there may be three, four teams that really like a guy, but if they take someone else it, it, with their second round pick, all of a sudden that guy can drop all the way down to like early fourth round. Um, so those are some of the things that I think we forget when you just look at, you know, one, one draft ranking index, but um, Dane, I, I, that's, that's a really good insight from you. So I appreciate that. Um, all right. Before we, keep going let's take a break and hear from our sponsor DraftKings Sportsbook uh, DraftKings is the official sports betting partner of the NFL and Dane it's not NFL season now but um, uh, we uh, have been doing college basketball we've been doing NBA NBA is off this week so we've got a deal for the NHL so I don't know uh, you put on your hockey hat and tell us <laughs> uh, if Andrea your wife is going to be making some daily fantasy picks in the NF NHL this week or what what have you got going on in the Verisi household Wags, I wouldn't say we're the biggest NHL hockey fans in the world but you know I'm not gonna lie we may have had the Capitals-Penguins game on Saturday while our daughter was napping. Just doing a little research. You never know. And that's why DraftKings Sportsbook so darn fun, right? Is you're able to like, get in there, place bats, and it makes games or even uh, you know sports that you're not necessarily as engaged in that much more enjoyable to watch. <coughs> Take a flyer, right? Take a flyer on a team, have some fun, and uh, you know sit down on a Saturday and watch it. So again, DraftKings Sportsbook, please folks, use promo code TPPN. Again, promo code TPPN. Um, watch some hockey. Have some fun with it. It's a great sport. It's violent. It's fun. It's fast-paced. Um, so, you know, uh, again, thanks DraftKings Sportsbook for making the Verisi household just a little bit more engaged in NHL hockey this week. For sure. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, um, Dane, I, I think where we were leaving off then, um, that uh, leads me... Uh, to another one of my guys that I was reviewing. Uh, we each took four uh, for this 
this time around. And um, this is Drake Jackson is next on the list for, for me uh, out of USC. Um, I got to be honest with you. First guy that I've reviewed that I really like. I'm not saying that he should be a higher pick than the other guys we've reviewed, but prototypical three, four guy. Um, he was uh, really kind of projected as a um, mid to lower mid first round pick almost all season coming off his senior season. Um, or I'm sorry, junior season. He came out early. He's 21 years old. Um, started his career at Notre Dame, transferred to USC. Um, and, um, it just, uh, slipped a little bit after the combine. Um, so honestly, that doesn't bother me that much because, um, I think when you look at the tape, this is a guy that, um, plays instinctually. He sets the edge against the run and can get after it, uh, in the past, um, been very consistent in terms of productivity throughout his career. Um, you know, certainly as a guy at the college level, you expect his, uh, you know, pressure rate to increase every season. It did, uh, but, um, started off his career, uh, five and a half sacks in his first season. Um, and it's just been super consistent since then. So that to me is something that I like to see. Was he able to be productive early on at a top level program at the college level? Um, and he was. And so I don't care what some of the intangibles may say, how many reps he did um, at 225, whatever. This dude can play football. Um, he plays with a low pad level. It's just really good body control. Um, you know, there's... Uh, there's some cons here. I, I could wax poetic on them. Um, but honestly, um, you know, if they're able to get him with one of their second round picks, I would be over the moon. I think this is a guy that could come in and help us right away. I think he's still got a lot of upside. And um, um, although he might be a, a little bit light right now, certainly he's got time to put on some good weight here. Um uh, especially in the uh, NFL offseason program. So, um, you know, I think for a second-round pick, uh, if the Packers are able to use one on Drake Jackson, um, I'd be pretty pretty happy with that. I think he would be a great fit for them and, and still has some of that upside you'd like to see as well. I love it. And that age, again, that age, right? I'm always kind of circling a couple of these things. Just, just it's not it's not a guarantee, especially when you start getting past the first round. But I like that quite a bit. And you know, talking about athleticism, it's funny you mentioned, you know, you found the first guy that you really like. Um, I'm gonna just follow you up with somebody I really like too. Uh Nick Bonito from Oklahoma. Really, really like him. He was a four-star guy out of high school. Um exceedingly athletic. Um, so not the biggest guy out there, um, but you know, he, he's right around the 250 pound range, six foot three, kind of a long rangey guy. He's running a four, five 40 wags at 250 pounds. Seems like something that the Packers really like. And, and you know, what's so good about him. He's just massively athletic. Um, he's somebody that, you know, can just blow by, college level offensive tackles. The question becomes uh, at the NFL level, is he going to be able to shed blocks? And that, as with anybody, when you start getting past the first five or six picks generally in the NFL draft, you're going to start to be like, okay, can he do this? Can he do this at the next level? Um, but I really like what Bonito's able to do uh, as far as how quick he is again, off the ball. 
Um, he's, you know, I was talking uh, about a couple of picks ago about stiffness. This guy has kind of that natural ability. He looks kind of like Gumby out there. He's really flexible, moves his, uh, his hips incredibly well. I love his hand placement as well. I was watching YouTube today and he's one of those guys that just seems to be able to get the edge and just like pop, you know, just really use his speed to get around offensive linemen. I think at the next level, as with a lot of these young guys, he's going to need to continue to uh, develop, um, you know, different skill sets as far as from the pass rushing uh, page. Some guys are one hit wonders in college and they need to continue to develop and do different things. Um, and, and I'm not saying that Benito is that, but I think he's somebody that he's got probably two really strong tools in his tool belt, but he, I think he has the ability to add some of those other tools, especially with Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary kind of playing more of that mentor role. Um, the, the harder part of all this then though is setting the edge is something that seems to be a, a pretty big problem for him at this stage in his career. Um, saw him time and again, seemed to kind of get swallowed up um, when he was expected to set the edge and, and, uh, force running backs to bounce inside. He just, that's something that's a big part of the game that he's going to need to develop. But I really like how fast he is. You can't teach the athleticism that he's able to uh, provide to this team. And I think he's another one of those guys where if you're looking the back end of the second round, we're not talking first round here, uh, but back end of the second round, or, you know, with all of the draft picks, if the Packers choose to trade back up, we know Goody is a very active guy. Would not shock me if Bonito, um, the Packers, trade back up into you know early third round or late second round and grab somebody like him because of how fast he is. The arrow's pointing way up on this young man, and that's exactly the kind of thing you want to see the Packers do is pounce on athleticism. They know how to coach him in Green Bay. He seems to fit the Packer mold. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there's lots of ways the Packers can attack this draft um, with the number of picks that they have. Do they, you know, maybe shop a couple of those mid to later picks to to get an extra third round pick, as you said, or move up and get another second round pick? And they'd probably have to let go of their third to get it into the second. But could you imagine if we ended up with two firsts and three seconds? Um, I, I, History tells us that they probably may even move back from one of their first round picks or their second round picks Feels likely, with, doesn't it? with a bunch of third rounders, <laughs> right? So, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's lots of different ways that they can attack uh, this draft. Uh, either way, I think we're going to get stocked with a bunch of, of, of opportunities to get some some good players in. So, um, Dane, last guy for me uh, that uh, we're reviewing here is Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State. Uh, so this is a classic. We're not looking at highlights. We're not looking at the combine tape. We're not looking at his 40 yard dash. I'm just looking at this guy as a football player. And I'm telling you, this guy loves football. Love He's got a motor. He's strong. He plays with physicality, seems to really love contact. He's got power. He's got size. Um, so that's right off the top. That just pops out and um, has not had any serious injury issues throughout his college career. So a, a lot of things to like right off the bat. You're getting someone that's just a football player, highly productive. 
at San Diego straight last season, 11 and a half sacks, 21 tackles for a loss. Um, so just all over the football field, uh, was really making an impact, um, and can wreak havoc, uh, you know, in the backfield, both against the run and against the pass. So, um, battles every play. So, uh, you know, this is a, that's, this is something that, Packers could gain an edge on um, if you sacrifice maybe a little bit of upside potential uh, because uh, Thomas is someone that athletically isn't rated super high. That's why he's sitting down here in more of that uh, late second, early third round consensus position. He's ranked though as high as a mid first round pick on some boards um, and lower on some other. So again, we've got a lot of volatility at this position. Um, I think the guys that watch him and say, this guy can just ball uh, probably have him ranked a lot higher. The, the folks that really just look at the measurables and maybe aren't paying as much attention to the tape, maybe have him a little bit lower. But I will say that if you're able to get him out there, he can play the run and set the edge while he's got long arms. Um, he's, as I said, disruptive in the run game. Uh, he can be out there early downs. And if you have him in there rotating and you've got Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith, uh, and, and especially if he's rotating and getting Rashawn some snaps, uh, those poor offensive linemen are not getting any plays off uh, with Rashawn Gary. And then you've got someone with Cameron Thomas comes in with that tenacity and that grind, and he's just really getting after it every single snap. That's th that's something that can be a real advantage uh, for a team like the Packers. So I think this is a classic Packers guy. They really like those guys that just – you know, let's not forget, we're evaluating football players, not mm -hmm. track stars, football mm -hmm. players. And this guy can play football. Um, so anyway, I, I would say that for one of their second rounders, or if he even falls in the third round, or the Packers move around to get themselves in position to snap up Cameron Thomas um, around that range in a draft, uh, I wouldn't be shocked. He might be slightly more projected as a 4-3 guy, but I think he can play the 3-4 um, maybe moves in on pass downs as well, kind of like the George Claftis, as we mentioned earlier. Right. But if you're getting someone a little bit later than a first round pick, I'm as I said earlier, I'm more comfortable uh, with taking a guy that maybe a slight tweener. Uh, but the way that he plays football, I, I'm putting that to the back of my mind. They can find a spot for him on the field, and I, I think he can help this team. That's great. No, that's great insight. You're getting me excited about him. All of a sudden, wags. Um, you know, I, one other guy I, I maybe wanted to bring up kind of in the, the tail end of, you know, maybe kind of what we're doing here. And then I'd, I'd love to hear if there's anybody else that just pops off any round um, for, from your perspective. Um, but uh, Kingsley uh, Inegbari, he's somebody that I took a look at as well. And, um, you know, I, I like, I like the size. Right. I, I do uh, with him. He's just a, I've been saying it, but he's long. I think that that's really important when you're talking about an edge rusher at times. Um, but the question becomes the pad level sometimes gets a little bit up there. And anybody who's ever played a, a second of football knows as soon as those pad level goes up, you're kind of like dead in the water. You're going to get pushed around quite a bit. Um, that being said, incredibly aggressive guy. He's kind of got a nasty streak. And I like that about him quite a bit. Um, he's somebody that seems incredibly strong, just kind of filthy, nasty, um, you know, wants to punch you in the mouth type of football player. 
really like that about him. Um, you know, there, there's some things that he's going to need to do um, to, um, you know, separation has been a bit of a challenge for him. He gets eat up in blocks a little bit. You see that with some of these younger pass rushers, especially at the college level. The question becomes, how do they adjust using their hands? Uh, how do, do they rely more on their athletic ability? Or do they start to lean in on their coaching a little bit more? Because athletic ability only gets you so far. But if you can start to work on technique, that can get you uh, somewhere there. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, he's a guy who's had some trouble wrapping up uh, as a tackler. He loves to go in for the big hit. Uh, but sometimes, you know, that can be left, leave things to be desired from a tackling standpoint. So there's some pluses. There's some minuses, uh, but I think he's a nice football player. Uh, I'll be curious to see where he ends up going. As you said, there's a lot of up and down on where uh, folks are being projected at this point. Uh, but that being said, I do like Kingsley um, uh, Enigbari. He went to South Carolina, um, you know, 22-year-old guy out there, uh, loves to hit. Uh, a lot of the things you're talking about, you know, a football player, this young man's a football player. Um, the question just becomes, where does he go? Is he somebody that fits the Packers mold? Remains to be seen. Yeah. Um, so I think there's lots of options here as we see Dane. And um, I'm curious to see here too, if you have any sleepers before we wrap up. One guy that um, as we were going through research and watching tape today, just looking through um, D'Angelo Malone out of Western Kentucky, um, smaller school guy, but super accomplished as a pass rusher, might be one of the best pure pass rushers in this draft. Um, reminds me a lot of Randy Ramsey, actually. Mm. Um, Packers had a lot of hopes for him coming out as an undrafted guy. I think he certainly projects a little bit higher. Um, he's going to get drafted in the mid rounds more than likely, but um, just a little bit undersized. Uh, he's, he's only 240 pounds, uh, but um, he's long, he's athletic, and uh, you know he's had double-digit sacks in multiple years in his college career. Um, this guy gets after the quarterback. So um, he might be also someone, as I said earlier, if the Packers take an edge guy early, that if, if someone like D'Angelo Malone is available to them and they really like him and four-fifths, it's round area. Maybe he's a, a little lower than that. Uh, I'm not sure, but um, I could see them snapping uh, D'Angelo Malone up as a second edge guy. Uh, that's just a pure pass rusher. Bring him in in those uh, pass rush situations to spell um, those top two or three guys. And uh, I think uh, can make a, a little bit of a difference uh, on the field. Um, perhaps as a special teamer as well. That'd probably be his way onto the 53 man roster. But, um, you know, I really like him because um, it, it's not someone that you're expecting to be an every down type player, uh, but could uh, certainly uh make an impact just as a pass rusher in his rookie season. And then you can work with him, see if he can add a little bit of weight, fill out and continue to develop other parts of his game as well. Love it. No, I think that's really important. You highlight the special teams portion of that as well. I think there's going to be a, a um, refocused focus, if that makes sense on special teams going into this season. Um, I'm just going to mention Jeffrey Gunter, small school guy, coastal Carolina, um, he blocked a couple kicks in his career there. You always like to see that somebody who's kind of got a nose for the football on special teams, but also somebody who off the edge can just fly. Um, 
The challenge he has, this young man has, coming from a small school, is a technique issue. Um, you know, he just doesn't seem to have the technique right now, but he seems to have a lot of the tools, that, as far as I'm concerned, at rushing the passer. Um, you know, he he's he's got a lot of awareness, I would say, on special teams, um, a little less so in day-to-day, uh, setting the edge and becoming that kind of that edge guy at the next level could be a challenge, especially with the learning curve coming from a smaller school. That being said, when you see guys that have some of those tools there, and I'm talking about probably a day three pick right now, and maybe like we're talking fifth round or later, if the Packers are looking for their next Jonathan Garvin, it might be somebody like Jeffrey Gunter that makes an awful lot of sense. Um, Just, you know, has had some productions. He's got a nose for the football. He's for six fumbles, legs just in 2020 alone. Uh, That is not easy to do at any level. So he's a guy who, you know, can put his hat on the ball. He can chase down uh, runners. And I think that he's a very good pass rusher. The question is, can he come into Green Bay? Are the Packers willing to bring him in uh, or somebody like him, right? And, And just kind of show them the ropes at the NFL level, do a little bit more technique approach, a little bit more coaching. I think he's got the upside to be a guy that sticks on an NFL roster. And he seems to have some of those um, measurables as well that the Packers like. So just somebody to keep an eye on. Jeffrey Gunter wouldn't completely surprise me as a late round guy in Green Bay. Yeah, I think we're in agreement then that the Packers may take a couple of guys at this position group uh, and probably bring in one or two undrafted free agents as, sure. as edge guys as well. Um, so we're definitely going to be restocking the competition for a fight for the roster uh, at the bottom part portion of this position group, um, while I think bringing in potentially, hopefully, um, Uh, one of the early round guys that could have that high impact potential. So Dane, any other thoughts then on the edge group? I think one thing that stood out to me as we talked through is short of one of the premium top four guys slipping down or the Packers trading up or something like along those lines, it sounds kind of like, um, Maybe there's a couple of guys that if they're there with the second of their first round picks, they they go for it. Otherwise, we're kind of, I think, really looking at some of the guys that might be in that second to third round range uh, that have a little bit more value. And even though there's some question marks with some players, once you get to that point in the draft, um, there's not quite is uh, uh, much of a premium in terms of where you're picking them from. So um, I, I, it sounds to me like um, based on our projection that um, it might be more likely that the first of their edge guys uh, comes in the second round mm-hmm. uh, versus in the first round. Would you agree with that? I, I completely agree with you barring some, you know, crazy scenario where a top, you know, top two guy somehow keeps sliding. Um, we'll see a little bit, I think about, um, you know, how the draft plays out. You never know. There's sometimes run on different on different position groups. If there's a run on pass rushers, I wouldn't be surprised if the backers trade up with one of their second round picks. It just wouldn't surprise me knowing yeah. how they work. They, they will attack. But Wags, I would be surprised if they don't add a pass rusher early. It's a position that's important. It's one of those positions too, unlike I would say even defensive line, you can find pretty solid, I think, defensive linemen and free agency. Um, you know, that's just a position group where guys kind of, there seems to be wags and I, I, maybe you disagree with me, but when we're talking interior defensive linemen in a three, four defense, there seems to be kind of like a lunch pail crowd of defensive linemen that make the rounds in the NFL that are good 
and and that can make an impact pretty quick. Packers were able to sign Reed, you know, so he's a good example. Somebody who's able to come in. There is not that with the edge position. If you got a good edge, you're probably going to keep them around until, you know, the contract stuff goes absolutely bonkers with them. So this is a position group where the Packers really are going to want to, I think, reinvest in. Preston's not getting any younger. They just invested in Preston. But no matter what, you always need a third or maybe even a fourth pass rusher. This is the chance to do it. Deep draft, uh, a little bit of question marks of where they all rank. I'm sure the Packers are very clear on who they think is the talent there. And they might not agree with some of these other NFL teams, but it also might play to the Packers' favor. But I think they go very early, uh, second yeah. round with a rusher. I think that's a great point. Uh, just with the depth of this position group as it's projected uh, in this draft, uh, the, more than likely the Packers are going to have a number of guys available to them at every pick. Uh, that they make in the first couple of days uh, that uh, could potentially uh, be a value in their eyes. Um, so it just really depends on, wh you know, who else is available on their board at those other position groups uh, as they make those selections. But more likely than not, I think they're probably going to end up uh, getting one of these edge guys uh, in the first five picks. Uh, so we came in with that theory. I think we're leaving with that theory. Um, so folks, thanks so much for joining quieter night here in the chat. But um, as you listen, if any of you have any comments or thoughts um, on our projections, or if you think we missed out on some guys that we should have talked about, let us know on our socials. Um, we appreciate you following along as always. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. We may have a surprise episode coming up here midweek uh, in the next week or two as well. So folks, as always, be legendary and go Pack Go! Pack go. go. Every year I know we gonna go hard We've been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck Only thing I will say